Hello, this is Erin Weir. The journey to being a successful creative entrepreneur is filled with challenges, hard work, and occasional high points. You have the opportunity to minimize the challenges and hard work by learning from experts, mentors, and leaders that have traveled the same road before you. The Creative Genius Podcast celebrates you and your hard work and helps you shortcut the path to profit and renewed passion. Enjoy this episode with my co-host, Gail Dobie of Gail Dobie Coaching and Consulting. Today, we have Scott Olford joining us on the podcast. Scott is one of the world's top business advisors and coach, is creator of the Relevancy, Omnipresence, and Intimacy online marketing and sales method, and the Six Pillar Framework. These systems help entrepreneurs scale their businesses and create sustainable business models, allowing them to be successful in all areas of their lives, not just business. Hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs regularly take his advice on marketing, sales, and mindset. Scott is a sought-after investor and partners with businesses when they are ready to really grow. Welcome to the podcast, Scott. Scott, it's great to have you on our podcast today. And Scott Olford has been a very prolific entrepreneur, would be one way to describe what you've done. And I think that the reason I wanted to have you on the show today is because, for one thing, you're going to be talking about some things that for our creative designers and industry, our creative entrepreneurs, they may not think of themselves as online marketers. And in a way, I think they should be thinking that they are also online marketers in addition to doing the creative work that they do. But before we get into all of that, I want to start with you talking about the story of your first entrepreneurial venture and what you learned from that. Sure, absolutely. And, and thanks so much uh, for uh, allowing me to be here uh, with all of you. Our pleasure. You know, some entrepreneurs are born and, and some people stumble upon it. I really believe that that's this, this too. Uh, and then we are all, in my opinion, entrepreneurs. I believe it's in our blood. And uh, when I was seven, eight years old, my dad brought home some, uh, I was living in a very rural Newfoundland, Canada. And my dad brought home some chickens and I said, well, hey, let's get some more of these laying chickens, these Rhode Island red chickens, and let's start selling eggs. And so I started doing that and, you know, started making some money that way. And, you know, I was very, very loved computers and loved understanding people. And so by the time I was 16, I ended up having a million dollar business. And, and I've had many business adventures. By the time I was 21, I was a million dollars in debt. So I lost everything plus a million dollars in debt. And then, you know, over the last, I guess, six or seven years, I've been able to generate, I guess, past 40 million in revenue uh, in the different businesses that I uh, own. Um, and I've helped almost 200, if not more, somewhere around 200 businesses that go past seven figures. And most of them passed multiple seven figures, some of them eight. Um, I have one of them that I started working with four years ago, just got sold for 800 million. Wow. Um, today, I'm largely a mentor and advisor. You know, my content goes out to hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs at varying levels, you know, maybe zero, might be at, uh, a, a, you know, 50 million a year. Uh, and, uh, and, and my approach to business is much more of a conscious approach of, um, you know, how do we have the intersection of what works for our customers, what works for us, what works for the business? How do we create a profitable business that feels good? Yeah, anybody can make money with a business, but can you make money and make it feel good and allow you to have a, you know, an amazing lifestyle? So yeah, I've been lots of different businesses, <laughs> lots of different uh, niches, industries, you know, I've made 
you know, lots of money in all sorts of different ways. And, and um, you know, I'm sure, it, you know, the, the cool part is the hundreds of millions of dollars that uh, my advisories help create in value in the world. Um, and, uh, and, and so, yeah, that's, I guess, me in a couple of minutes. <laughs> well, I, I would say that's not all of you, but for sure, I think it's so, so interesting that you got started at such a young age wanting to be an entrepreneur. Did you know the word entrepreneur? Was that something in your vocabulary or no. you were just trying to make money? No, I, you know what I do? I wasn't even trying to make money, to be honest. If I look back, I, did, I don't know if I knew what an entrepreneur was until I was like 16. And because I didn't come from an entrepreneurial family at all, like whatsoever. I have so many learning disabilities. I think I just like, you know, I, I looked at the world a little bit differently than everybody else. And um, the reason I actually wanted to start a business and make money is I wanted to, uh, I wanted to donate money to create orphanages mm. uh, in Africa. And uh, I was like, oh, well, I'll do this and, you know, this and, and you know, then, then the rest is sort of kind of history. Um, but there, yeah, it wasn't, it, it, it was, it was probably just a place of, you know, I think, I think, I think the, the happiest you can be as a human being is when you're most curious. And as a, as a kid, you just have pure curiosity. And so for me, that was channeled in, in, in what ended up becoming entrepreneurship. I didn't necessarily know that that's what it was. Uh, and actually, I didn't know what that was until one day, you know, at the time in which my mother was like, I don't know what to do with my kid. Because, <laughs> you know, he's, he's making more money than I'm making at 13. Um, so at 16, 15 or 16, yeah, somewhere around there. Um, we went to this like, program for entrepreneurs and, you know, then I became this sort of poster child in Canada for entrepreneurship and won all these awards and top 20 or 20 in Canada and, you know, all these different types of things. And then I was like, oh, wow, I guess what I, before that, I didn't even know that what I was doing was necessarily, you know, I was a little antisocial in real life. Um, so I, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of friends. Um, so I didn't really know what I was doing was like, you know, groundbreaking per se. Um, I was just doing my thing. I was just having fun. So your second business, what was that? So when I was nine, I, I love, and this is the business where I really started creating. I mean, you're not going to make much money selling eggs. You know what I mean? Like, unless, you're, <laughs> unless you have golden eggs and they weren't giving me golden eggs. It's just not going not gonna to happen. So I loved programming. I loved computers. I loved Palm Pilots. And so I learned how to program. And then I started, you know, offering programming, you know, nine, nine or 10 years old um, to people that needed it online. And this is before Facebook was really around. This is before, you know, Upwork was around these sites. And, uh, you know, I remember my like first job was, you know, I don't know, maybe 150 or $200. And I was like, no, I don't really want to do that. So I got my friend that was also a program that was better than me to do it for me. I paid him 100 and I kept 100 I'm using numbers that might not be actually real. All I know is I gave him half. And I was like, oh, I need to go ahead and find people and figure out how to be, you know, obviously I'm talking 11, 10 or 11 year old mind here, but you know, I need to be able to figure out how to make it so that, uh, you know, as my mom said, attract the people that need something and then have the people that can do it, but don't let them talk to each other. <laughs> and, 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 and that was my, that was my way of 10, at 10 years old talking about what an agency is. And that's what I did. I created a program, essentially a programming agency and, you know, uh, ended up going on and through programming under really understanding marketing, understanding how things worked online. Every business I've ever really done is, is, is online and primarily online. Um, you know, even from that time. And, uh, and, and yeah, that was, that just, just kind of kept going. And I don't know, by the time I was 16, I had like 30, 40 programmers working for me all over the world. 
that must have been really unusual. And of course, that was earlier than um, Zoom was a big deal. Yeah, Zoom. Zoom. I don't even think Zoom was a. I mean, I think we had. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm turning thirty this year, um, so that's twenty years. You're so ago. old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not. not you know, age is so relative, isn't it? Right. It, 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 age is so incredibly relative. Relative, right? Uh, yeah, it, it was it was before a lot of the things. I remember, you know, MSN Messenger, right? And I remember Skype, you know, and, I, you know, and obviously Skype kept on going. Um, but I remember MSN Messenger and uh, AIM and, and those platforms. That's a lot of what I used back in the day. Um, but it was it was a fun time. It was, it, you know, it was it was for a long time. I had to get away from the fun of entrepreneurship. Probably from the time I was nineteen to you know twenty seven. You know, only recently have I really been able to like, oh. I get to have fun every day. That's I need to just be curious every day and have fun, and and I don't have to be stressed. You know, so all of us are all stressed. You know, almost the whole planet, unfortunately, especially here in America, we're all stressed out about everything, and we don't have to be. It's a perspective. It's a perspective, right? It's a it's a it's a way we it's a lens. We wake up in the bed and we can either be positive or we can be negative. We can be optimistic or we can be pessimistic. We can have fun or we can be stressed out, and it really is a perspective. And, and, and just the way in which you see the world. And uh, yeah, so I like to help people that are entrepreneurs have as much fun as possible because we're, we're here and we get to do such incredible work on plan. And it doesn't matter what it is that you're doing, you know, entrepreneurship is helping somebody else to do something they can't do or help them do it in an easier way, being able to help other people really have more energy, have better energy, you know? Uh, and, and then I think we can have fun doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's great that you have that perspective about it as well. And so then you did the programming business and what came next after that one? Programming business. I mean, that brought me into all sorts of things. Cause quite like, you know, I had web development, web design. Uh, I had a supplement company I had a gym. I had um, a couple of software companies. None of them did that well. One of them sold to an insurance company though. We did file. I created a file security business before file security was even a thing. People didn't care about file security. If I kept it for a couple more years, I might have been half a billionaire just on that company alone. But you know, everything's timing. Especially um, today. Yeah, it would be it would be great. There's two reasons why I lost all my money. One was ego because I didn't think I could lose. Which is no, normally the, if you have see somebody that's really successful, normally ego will destroy them if they don't figure out and how to integrate ego. And, and number two was I thread I, I spread myself way too thin, right? And so there's like that quote where it's like most millionaires have seven income streams. But the thing is, is that that quote is taken from where most millionaires are. Most millionaires are over the age of 65. Mm-hmm. They are diversified millionaires and not entrepreneurial millionaires. Uh, whereas if you, if you look at, you start to actually study entrepreneurs, how they become a cash millionaire themselves, generally one or two sources. Mm-hmm. Not a bunch. So I tried investing money in this and this and this and this. And they all didn't work. And, and I got big on some other ones. And so I was kind of like, just, I don't know, people call it a serial entrepreneur, but for me, I was just like, I was just intrigued and wanted to do all of these different things, just grow and grow and grow and grow and grow, and, um, which happens a lot with entrepreneurs in general. And so, you know, and, and that really led me to, I don't know, when I was 21 or 22, I had to sell my, so I'm going to change from age to year now because it's easier for me to do it. Um, so back in 2011, I, you know, had so, I had so much debt, I sold my business for a dollar to my competitor and I went and basically worked for him for a year. And that, that was the most depressing year of my life. Smoked a lot of weed, drank a lot of alcohol. Um, not something I, you know, I really ever used to do. Probably, yeah, for sure at the darkest time in my life. 
because I was also like, you know, I never worked for anybody else. Never. That's the first time I really worked for somebody else and uh, politics and that and the energy of that. Not me. So then I guess 2012 going into 2013, no, yeah, 2013, we had a marketing agency, you know, we had big brands, you know, like it was a, it was a large, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. Audi, BW as clients, we had, you know, big corporate organizations that we were doing marketing for and, you know, web design, and iPhone app development and paid advertising for like all the different, different things that I end up advising on today. I've been doing for a long time, especially back then. Uh, and then finally, I just one day I was like, you know what, this is, this is I'm not going to peak at this age. I'm like, you know, I was living on, I was living in a 350 square foot apartment, basement apartment. I'm like, man, I'm not doing this for the rest of my life. I'm not doing this. <laughs> and it was just like that clicked moment where it's like, I used to be 360 pounds when I was 17. Wow. And I, you know, I had that moment of like, nope, I'm going to do this. That's not my, that's not who I am. I went from uh, 360 to 180 in a year and a half. I hired a ex-military guy to be able to you know i worked out three four hours a day wow 13 meals a day um and um um, yeah you know completely transformed my health and my body and i was like yeah this is not i don't know what happened but it's not me it's not the life i'm willing to live then i you know started a business a a separate kind of you know more specific on online um Mm -hmm. helping helping online businesses and that sort of thing in an agency format that did a couple of million in a year. Um, and then I was like, you know what? Uh, I got a lot of my debt paid off. I thought that plan, I, I put majority of that money in paying off it. And uh, then I had another series of moments where I was like, oh, I, I gotta get out of Newfoundland. So I, 2015, I traveled to, to Toronto, very little money in the bank, 50 grand, sold everything I had. And I was like, I'm gonna do something new. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's something new. I'm just going to take a little time to figure out what it is. I'm not burning a lot of money. I don't have a team. I let my whole team go beforehand. I don't know what it is. And uh, th- this is what I always talk about. You know, entrepreneurship is a per- and entrepreneurship is the journey of the best journey of personal development, if you allow it to be. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're an intuitive type person. In that, then started you know selling online courses and helping other people with online marketing because I had so much experience over so many years working with so many different types of things and. Um, you know, did half a million in sales that year, three million the year after, seven million the year after that. Of course, it's just been kind of going ever since then. Uh, and then, you know, I had this big team, almost 50 people by the end of, or by the beginning of 2019. And I was in Necker Island with Richard Branson, 20. Mm. And I was sitting there, I was like, what do I really want to do? I can do anything now. What do I really want to do? Let me design my life. Let me be the architect of my life. And you know, part of that was selling the business and letting go part of it. So from Necker Island, I, I fired 32 of my team members um, and you know, I got them placement elsewhere. It wasn't really firing. It was, it was a very wonderful, amazing transition for them. And I was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to wake up every day and do what I really want to do instead of what I tell myself I should do. Mm. And um, that has been the most profit since then, since that May of 2019, I, I you know, made more profit than any other time with a dream life in my wonderful house and, uh, with my wonderful wife here in Northern California. And um, that is the story in the making. <laughs> well, I love that. And I love the fact that you just had the courage to do some really difficult things, such as just deal with the million dollar debt and face the ego issue. And then also understand that in the end, you needed to be happy. And I love that you made that decision for yourself to be happy first 
and then figure out what was going to be part of that. And it seems like you just were a natural leader and also a natural entrepreneur based on just your growing up. Yeah, I think entrepreneurs are generally made because they're running from something. Number one, they're running from something. Number two, they want something. Or number three, they've had enough. Those are generally the three ways, three things. And so a lot of entrepreneurs like me, and you know, I've done a lot of work, therapy, hypnotherapy, like I mean, like a lot over the last four years, probably spent a million dollars in different forms of therapy in the last four years. And uh, entrepreneurs like me that, that were born, um, I, I think that we generally are born like that because we seek such a high level of significance. Mm. Which is good and bad, right? You look at you look at like the billionaires that are the billionaires, like the billionaires you know, a lot what a lot of them is are driven by, especially at the beginning, if you study them, is significance. It's not certainty, it's not uncertainty. Um, if you're looking at the six human beings, it transitions most of the time into impact and giving back and these things. At the beginning it, it's it's generally driven by something that they lacked in their childhood. And I didn't actually lack a lot. Well, I think what actually happened to me is I was given so much love as a, as a kid and had such an amazing childhood. Um, and I, I was never, no one ever told me not, Hey, you can't do this. You can't do that. Like there was no, there was nobody in my life that was telling me not to do something. But I think then as time went on, I, because I didn't get significance from friends because I was made fun of or being overweight because of like a lot of things that happened, I, I wanted that significance. And that's what built that need for the ego. And that's what, and that's what you see in a lot of entrepreneurs. Of like me that are kind of like natural born entrepreneurs is that it was a, um, it, it was such a severe level of something that, the, that I want, wanted, right, which is significance um, up to a few years ago that I would, uncertainty didn't matter to me. Mm. Certain normal things that matter to people. Like to me, it wasn't, I wasn't being courageous. I wasn't being risky. I wasn't being any of those things. To me, it was just like, I'm, I want that and I'm like, I'm going to get it. And then there's no, there's no like question about it. So, you know, a lot of the entrepreneurs I mentor, I mentor them on the mindset, mm-hmm. turn them into an entrepreneur that actually uh, can come from a place of health and impact and not from a place of the wounded ego or the wounded uh, masculine or feminine that it generally happens with entrepreneurs. Uh, so that's a lot of the work that I do in a, in a one-on-one capacity. Yeah, I help people with you know the growing and scaling, but you know generally the reason why someone's not scaling and age has some impact has some has a, in some impact with that is definitely what wakes them up. And, and sometimes that's significant. Sometimes that's impact. Sometimes that's a wounded part of their childhood that they're trying mm. to play out in their entrepreneurship. So what I'm hearing is that you're a little bit of a psychologist along with the uh, recommendations. Somehow, I don't know how that happened, <laughs> but somehow I, I, I might be one of the top uh, experts on entrepreneur mindset. And, um, and I love that far more. Because a business will not grow because of strategies and tactics. A business will grow because the entrepreneur's mind sees the scenario in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes this happens by mistake, but it is absolutely 100% possible to create. And so majority of the things that I get lit up by are to do with the mind of the entrepreneur. And the strategies, tactics, that stuff's easy. That's the easy uh, stuff, right? Super easy stuff. But the yeah. mind, being able to get the subconscious to work with the conscious, with the right patterning, 
if you do that, that is most of my success stories of people I've mentored is not because of the strategies. That's what they talk about, but really it was their mind. Mm. So what do you think some of the things are that get in their way in particular that you have helped them overcome? I think most of us, if we had, um, most of us don't love ourselves, right? I think most of us know that we don't love ourselves. So a deep level of self-love, like a deep, 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 deep level of self-love. Mm. You know, the second, you can't love yourself unless you trust yourself. So self-trust is also very important. And self-trust is probably the number one thing that stops anyone from doing anything, right? Mm. Self-trust to stop someone from being in the right relationship. Mm-hmm. Self-trust stops you from, you know, saying, oh, I'm going to invest money in this, but you're afraid that, oh, well, what happens if this happens or what happens if that happens? So self-love and self-trust can be the two even if you forget about entrepreneurship, who's just everybody on the planet. If we have more love, self-love, more uh, self-trust, we're able to be a better, more sovereign human being. And then, you know, then, then from there, it kind of goes into mindsets around money, mindsets around success and failure. Most of us are totally okay failing, but we're really scared when it comes to success, right? We're really scared to be rich, right? What does it mean to be wealthy? And uh, what does it mean to be successful? Most people don't understand these things. Most people don't think about these things. And those are just, you know, some of the mindsets, like, you know, the, 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 the amount of self-sabotage that human beings generally have because they're limiting themselves. They're upper limiting themselves. Mm-hmm. Our ability to, to feel pleasure, right? Our ability to not have to be a workaholic. Um, our, you know, we, we spend our almost entire adult lives working through all the trauma that we had in the first 12 years of our life. Mm. And the sooner we work through it and we release it and we allow the past to be the past and the future to be the future, the better of a life you're going to have. doesn't matter what level of entrepreneur you are, no matter what person you are, those things are universal. And most people, if they really ask themselves those questions, they'll find a massive gap because the people that trust themselves the most and love themselves the most and, and, and these certain things, they're incredibly successful people, and the success happens what feels like overnight. Mm. Interesting. So you didn't have a difficult childhood. So I'm, cu- I'm curious because you were talking about the first 12 years. So what did you manufacture your own challenges? No, no I mean, it happened for you. Yeah, um, I, had to, I had to work really hard in one way because I had so many learning disabilities. It was very difficult for me to like learn. I didn't learn. I didn't learn how to read until. I learned how to program the same time I learned how to read. Mm. Um, was that around nine. I was in speech therapy for seven years. In a traditional sense, I came from a wonderful family, you know, middle class family, lower middle class family, amazing parents, amazing grandparents, only child, lots of time, lots of love, all those types of things. I think the trauma, or not necessarily trauma, but I think, you know, some way, in some ways, I think I had so much love that I, I, and I had so much significance is that once I kind of, exited my kind of like family unit i wanted that significant still mm-hmm. and i think that that's where it happened inside of business as well you know i was wanting you know growing up i wanted friends and it just you know it just it wasn't something that happened and, uh, and and i remember when i won all these awards when i was 16 and i was kind of like recognized and all these newspapers did articles on me and radio interviews and tv interviews and you know then everybody wanted to be my friend and i was like wow oh, well if i just keep doing that I have more friends, right? And, uh, and so that built that like belief of like, oh, well, I'm defined by my business. I'm defined, you know, I, I, my business has got to be great or I'm not great. Mm. Instead of just, you know, me being great, being me. 
separate from my business. Mm-hmm. And of course that allows you to have a better business. I think some of the, I don't know if well, trauma is the right word, but some of my patterning of, of, of significance came from that for sure. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you've, you've taken all of that and turned it into quite interesting businesses and then to switch gears and then take it over into mentoring. And I love the fact that you're not 30 years old yet, but look at your experience level and you're uh, coaching a lot of people that are many years older than you are. And I'm a sure lot of, a lot of them double, a lot of them double in age. I just oh, yeah. got a phone call with someone that's, you know, I think 66 or 67 running a multi-million dollar company. So it's very, it's very normal for me. Yeah. And I love that. And I love the fact that you have that confidence and they also have confidence in you that you have the expertise that they're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It, it's really funny because it, it's, uh, I've done that my whole life. You know, when I was 15, 16 years old, I'd be, you know, developing, you know, applications and websites and marketing materials and all that type of stuff for people, you know, three, four times my age. And, um, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, it's like, I'm really good at a couple of things. Right. And, and, and that's all I, you know, and, and, and I think the other side is like, I've spent, especially the last four years, I've spent most of my time, you know, I only work 15, 20 hours a week. I spend most of my time just like working on myself. Like my, I've, I've spent, I've spent more, hundreds of hours crying in the bathtub in the last four years. And I think <laughs> I most that. people cry in their entire lifetime. Yeah. And releasing, releasing that. And so, you know, what I've realized the most is, you know, people work with people that they want to be like. Mm-hmm. And secondarily, how do you become somebody that other people want to be like? And that is being completely 100% yourself. And how do you get there? Well, you get all the patterns that aren't you and all the parts of you that aren't you. And you really, really, really are yourself. And you, and I believe we all have kind of like this frequency or this kind of vibration of, of sorts. And um, we want to be around those that have kind of that higher pitch. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're in, you're, you're, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a, you know, a doctor or an interior designer or you're a gardener or whatever it might be. Like we all, ma- we all match to those mm-hmm. kind of almost frequencies. And so if you do that, rest of the business is a lot easier because you kind of naturally attract the, the right people. I think, yes, you need to have funnels and marketing and those different types of things. But mm-hmm. if you get that right and you, you work on that, like a lot of people are like, Oh, like my business is separate from who I am. It's like, no, mm-hmm. no. your business is who you are. It doesn't matter if your name's attached to it or not. And your, your, your business is a body of energy and you are a body of energy mm-hmm. and it attracts other bodies of energy because we are all level, some level of energy. Yeah, that's, that's what I believe. That's what I see. And, um, and, you know, funny enough, I never even think about that. I'm you know, glad you brought that up. I literally don't even think about the fact of, of it doesn't even come to my mind that someone wouldn't have confidence to work with me. Yeah. Well, because you're I have so much confidence in myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're an old soul. And uh, yeah. obviously, even at your age, you've already got, um, what, 23 years of good, solid business experience building million, multi-million dollar businesses. So are there any things that you would say to people that are listening? Because we could have taken this (laughs) so many directions, but if you were to tell people what you think they need to hear, if they really do want to build a multi-million dollar business, besides what they have to do to work on themselves, what else would you tell them they need to do? Yeah, well, you know, I have this uh, sort of, and, and my book is based on it. And you can get it at thenuclearfact.com for like six bucks. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I call it the six figures of a seven figure business or sorry, the six pillars of a seven figure business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, their marketing, sales, operations, team, finance, and mindset. And uh, one of the easiest exercises you can just do, regardless if you buy my book or not, is every single week, write down every single thing that, you know, is wrong, could go wrong under the six categories and just keep on fixing them. So what most people don't realize, like entrepreneurship is just a game of fixing problems, right? If you're not fixing problems, you don't have a business, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Exactly. If you're not fixing someone else's problems, you're, you got a, you, you got a problem. And so that's from a tactical strategic perspective, that's something that, you know, I don't do as much anymore. I'm probably do every quarter now. Um, but my recommendation is to do it every single week. If you have a team, do it with them every single week and build your plans based mm-hmm. on that, you know, allowing everyone to know what, you know, what the problems are and what the problems aren't are and what strengths are and weaknesses. That's step that's, that's critically important. You know, the second thing is, is I think it's so important to have, you know, a mentor, right? Mm-hmm. I, think, I think having a mentor um, is one of the biggest unfair advantages you can have. I think, you know, making sure that you see yourself, no matter who you are as a human being, it's really, 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 really important to be able to see yourself as an entrepreneur and see yourself as somebody that's always selling something or marketing something, right? Like even if, even if, even if you, you aren't an entrepreneur, even if you don't have a business, you're always marketing yourself. You're always selling yourself, even if it is just to your significant other, right? We are human beings. We're always constantly marketing and selling. And so the people that are better at being able to understand how to market something or sell something, get paid more money, get more customers, uh, get more attention, have a better life, really, mm-hmm. is what it comes down to. And, and, and so um, a lot of my work is based on marketing and sales. And I love human psychology. I've read, I don't know how many hundreds of books on human psychology. And, um, and, and, and yeah, I think, I think that those are, I think those elements are so critically important. And then if there's a last one, dovetail off of marketing and sales is no matter if you're making 20 grand a year, or 100 grand a year, million a year have to figure out a way to be able to turn people that don't know who you are into a customer and you know assuming that you're an entrepreneur that are listening to me today that in and of itself that will change your life you know mm-hmm. if you can have you can you know i have a methodology called the roi method you can go and look it up the roi method.com mm-hmm. and it stands for relevancy omnipresence intimacy i won't go into it because you can easily listen uh, go there and take the class it's and, a good class absolutely and what I will say is it's just every person on the planet could understand that those three things, if you can be more relevant, it doesn't matter if online business, offline business, if you're more relevant, you're going to get really great customers. And there, if you're everywhere with, with them, it doesn't matter if it's local or off online, offline, you're going to get paid more. And if they feel intimacy, which is connected to you, feeling part of a community, feeling like they can have a conversation with you, be seen and heard, you know, you're going to feel connected with them. They're going to feel connected with you and the transfer of money is going to be so easy. Those are just a few of the things that, I, that just come to mind that you know, every entrepreneur, doesn't matter who you are, should know and should do. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the other thing too that we talked about briefly before we started the interview today is that even if you're running a creative design business or an architecture business or a lighting design business, whatever it is, you still need to have some sort of an online presence that attracts people into your funnel and the funnel being some sort of technology series of things that you do to build that relationship with that prospect. 
Yeah, so I, I, I put it this way. Marketing, whether online or offline, I totally agree with you, is uh, if I, again, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a guy that believes a lot in, you know, the flow of energy. Mm-hmm. And so a web presence or a social media or a funnel or a, an ad or whatever, it creates an energetic cord with more and more people, right? Mm-hmm. Just like I'm, you know, if you're still here, I've created an energetic cord with you, right? Whether or not I know it a bit about, about it, right? Regardless if I know that you're even viewing this. and now that cord gets to be strengthened. So email marketing, social media, retargeting, mail, invert, whatever it is where you're continually seeing me, right? And so this, the cord strengthens, right? The cord between, again, you may not even be aware of this energetic cord that is strengthening and that's what we want. And then, uh, you know, sales happen when the cord is strong enough so that energy can go back and forth so that money can go on one side, and you know, service or help or product go on the other side. That's how I look at marketing and sales. Mm-hmm. We're strengthening, we're creating energetic cords, we're strengthening them, and we're allowing the flow of energy, which is money, to go throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think that's one area where a lot of people don't think about that. And I, I see this happen all, a lot in our clients that they don't like the idea of the fact they're salespeople. And they have to understand that marketing makes can make your sales part ir- irrelevant, but you have to get that in place so that sales are easy. Exactly. And if not, it's going to be attracted. Yes. If not, it's going to, you know, the salesperson, the, the sales can't do the marketing and sales. The sales going to do sales. Exactly. Yeah. Marketing going to do marketing. The two totally different things. Exactly. So that's, that's probably one area where I see a lot of people struggle and they also struggle because they're trying to do it the old fashioned way, which is just referrals. And today it's a different world. And especially with COVID, you have to have some sort of an online presence where you're building that relationship. Yeah. I, I think, you know, referrals are great, right? You know, mm-hmm. referrals are great, yeah. but it's a little bit of hope marketing, right? I hope I have a good next month. I wouldn't want to be in business where I hope I have a good next month. I know I'm going to have a good next month. I'm all for manifestation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm very much of a believer in manifestation. And uh, referrals are sort of like, you know, you may manifest that you have a good month or a good quarter or whatever it might be. And you might even in the past have had, you know, good referrals and, and, and these different types of things. But that is such a high level of uncertainty that then it makes it so that you can't do other things in your life. Like you don't know when you can plan to do vacations or you don't, you don't know when to plan to hire people because you don't know when you're going to have your highs and lows. Mm-hmm. And uh, I prefer a business that's much more stable than that. And it is completely, regardless if that's what you've done your whole life, it's completely available to every single person that's listening here. And it doesn't have to be a, you know, a referral. Oh, wow. Look at my amazing month. And Oh, the last three haven't been so good because this per that person didn't refer you know, I, I, I did business like that a long time ago and um, I certainly wouldn't want to go back to it. <laughs> well, I can appreciate that. So if we want to wrap up today with maybe the three key thoughts to help people uh, go from where they are today, which is maybe just not thinking about business the way you think about it. What, were, what are the first three things you would tell them to work on? Well, I think the first thing is you want to have a couple of uh, different mindsets when you're in a business. Mm-hmm. You want to think like an entrepreneur. You want to think like a CEO. You want to think like an investor, mm-hmm. right? And, and you want to think like a business owner. So what does that mean? An entrepreneur is a visionary. A mm-hmm. CEO 
is more about managing the team and people, man, being able to manage the finances, the investor, they're looking at it from managing uh, their own money, right? And so you, you kind of like, instead of you just thinking like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur, or, oh, I'm a service provider, or oh, whatever, what would this look like if I was investing in my own business? Would I even invest in my own business, right? Would I put even put money into my own business? If I was a CEO of my own business, well, how would I, how would that then change? Having those mindsets, right, you know, are critically important. Um, you know, two is is from the mindsets to then being able to think about. All right, when there's six pillars in the business, where are the weaknesses? Where are the problems? How do I continually make the business better and better and better and better and better and better and better? And, better? Um, and then I think the the last one is you are going to have a much better life being an entrepreneur and building a business. So what is it that you need to let go of? Who do you have to be in order to be the person who is okay growing something that is exponential and allowing yourself to really be the fullest expression of who you are, the fullest future version of who you are? The reason most people don't become entrepreneurs is because they're afraid of the personal development journey. Mm. So, and I'm totally okay. If somebody doesn't want to say yes to that in this lifetime, that's totally cool. Mm -hmm. But you want to make a conscious decision. Do I want to do that or do not? Do I not want to do that? Mm -hmm. And then go from there. A lot of people, they, they flirt with it. They, they talk about it. It's better just to make a decision. Am I, am I just going to do this and kind of be an employee myself? Or am I really going to, to say, I don't care if I don't have the education. That's BS. I don't have college, university. I don't have a single education. I get paid probably more, more money than anybody with almost any education on the planet per hour. <laughs> what is, you know, outside of the university and the college, it's not about education. Can I trust myself and love myself enough to fully show up for myself and figure it out along the way and be resourceful enough? And if I'm saying yes to that, well, let me go and build a real business that I could sell someday that's actually worth money that might actually have team that can really impact people, really help people. And it's a decision. It's, it, it is absolutely a decision, but it's better to make the decision versus being in the limbo of trying to do it, but not really committing to doing it. I love that. That's perfect. A great way to end this. So I uh, thank you for being here today. And just for everybody that would like to read his book, it's The Nuclear Effect. It's great. I've read it. And I have been, I'm about two thirds of the way through your course right now, which is great. So if you're wanting to develop an online presence, that's a great one to take and uh, it's a reasonable investment and well worth it. And uh, Scott, it's a pleasure. I'm looking forward to working with you in the future and it will be an interesting road ahead, I'm sure for you. And I can't wait to see what you do in the future. Absolutely. Thank you for having me today. And um, for you, if you're still here, still listening, I'm so excited for you and your future whatever it is that you're building. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Scott. Be sure to order your copy of Scott's book called The Nuclear Effect, sharing the six pillars of scaling a seven plus figure online business so you know exactly what to do and what not to do. You can find his book at thenuclareeffect.com and more information about Scott at scottoldford.com. Be sure to tune in next week when Gail and I walk through the importance of taking time to plan our year and communicating that plan to our team. 